Welcome to Oakham Bros. This is Eric. And I'm Michael. And today we have, I want to say, three very important guests. Adam's Adam's a regular, right? It's like it's kind of like the Oaken Holzer Bros podcast at this point. <laughs> but like I, I gotta say, this is uh blind podcasting at this point. Okay. Like Adam's like, I got these two guys, they gotta be in your podcast. Let's go. And Eric's like, here's the invite. <laughs> and literally here we are. So this is like a blind date somewhat, although we're not going to be dating. Although I did hear that you're going to be giving Kevin one of your guitars after this is all over. Van Halen Possibly. It depends how good it goes. Oh, how, oh no, 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 no. You're backtracking now, or you can't do that. <laughs> so we have, so Kevin, th- we have Kevin Jennings on the phone. Kevin, you want to say hello? And then we hello. have Bob Doyle. And uh, these... These are uh, these are businessmen, and um, we're 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 interested to learn more about um, about what they have to do. Adam said you just have to have them on the phone, and, and we let's, listen to Adam. Let's start out by saying, how did you guys meet Adam? Because we know Adam's story; um, he's been with us for you know a couple of years now. How did you guys hook up with Adam? And we'll start from there. Kevin, why don't you go first? Okay. <laughs> I would throw Kevin right Adam. under the bus. Yeah, I, I yeah. love it. <laughs> I was introduced to Adam on the exact same day by two people who didn't even know each other. So I said to myself, the big guy upstairs is telling me I need to reach out to Adam. I'm very glad I did. That's awesome. That's awesome. Wow, that's the whole story? That's it. That's, oh, Kevin, thank you for, thank you for tuning in today, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in today. That was a great podcast, everybody. Like, subscribe, leave comments down below. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Bob, how did yeah, you so- meet Adam? Yeah, I, I met, um, I was I was attending a Compel meeting and uh, Adam came in as a guest. And, um, you know, these meetings are fairly interactive and it's, it's, it's a group of business people sitting around talking about their common problems, trying to help each other solve solve issues and, and working as a team. So I, I was I was favorably impressed with uh, Adam. Adam made a real contribution to the meeting. I felt he had a lot of interesting insights. And as I was sitting there listening to his story, listening to the types of input he gave to the group, I said to myself, you know, this is a guy I might, uh, I might want to get to know a little bit better. And I wrote down a little note to myself to, you know, hook up with him after the meeting. And I wrote his company, company name down. And I was going to send him an email. And as the meeting breaks, he walks over to me and says to me, you know, he goes, I really like the things you said today. And I think I'd like to get to know you better. So that that's how the whole thing started. You know, we had this sort of mutual admiration uh, from day one. That's fantastic. And Adam, give everyone a refresher course. What do you do? What are you what are you up to now? So I'm rocking and rolling. Um, I actually thank you very much, Eric and Mike, for having um, myself, Bob and Kevin on this podcast today. Um, right now, Connections for Hire has been uh, kicking some ass. We've been uh, doing well. I've been having a lot of fun. Love it. Love and it. Um, very fortunately, I actually have a couple of new business ventures that are going to be launching in the next couple of weeks. So um, very excited to go into that serial entrepreneur mode and um, really just enjoy the the, pan- the pandemic. Definitely, if if it, if it you know we were in a haze the first two weeks and we realized very quickly that we were going to have to innovate our way out of this because we're directly affected up by it by being in the travel industry, and we realized that we're going to have to innovate our way out of this thing. And um, I commend you for creating new during a time like this because it's very easy just to like you know c- curl up into a ball and and just want to disappear you have when... two reactions you have two reactions either you let it bother you or you take action and you steamroll forward and and clearly adam is doing that i applaud you for that my man thank you uh would it be okay if uh you guys know i love to get the hype out there would it be okay if i kind of give an introduction for kevin and bob Yes. Yeah, sure. That's what I'm asking for. Well, I just want to mention before we begin, and and Bob, I mean this with all due respect, I might have to ask for your autograph because were you based on Maury in Goodfellas? (laughs) No. (laughs) Okay. Like you, you look like the actor and that's not like a a derogatory thing. That's one of the coolest actors ever. I don't even know his name, but like you look like Maury from Goodfellas. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Is that okay. the guy that got killed in a Cadillac at the end? Yeah, he, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he wanted money, you know? He was, he was pestering De Niro and Joe Pesci for the money. But, like, I, I swear to God, I'm like, oh, my God. It's, it's Maury. It's Maury from Goodfellas. Maury's wig shot. You don't own a wig shot, right? That's, that's your real I'm hair. Not. 
Okay. No, no. <laughs> ne ne next, next week you won't recognize me because this is going. The hair. No, is going, keep it. It's all you gotta keep. No, it. no, you. <laughs> you gotta that, keep it. Is that your thing? Is that like your signature? No, this is something. This is something I did a couple of months ago, and I was it like, suits you. Know, you. Eric, works. this title for this is um, the BLS boy, the Oaken Bros talk to the cast of Goodfellas. Thirty years later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Adam, Adam Funny. is totally De Niro. All right. Adam actually does look like De Niro a little bit, but go ahead, Adam. Hit it up. Let's go. So, <clears throat> Kevin Jennings is one of the most impressive business professionals I've had the pleasure of getting to know. Um, Kevin's a CPA by trade, but Kevin doesn't even do his own taxes. Uh, his specialty for the last 30 plus years has strictly been in business valuations. Um, what I love about Kevin is the numbers don't lie. He's a straight shooter. He under, under promises and over delivers. And, you know, I'm very proud to represent a caliber client like Kevin and Jennings awesome. business valuations, just because he makes me look like a rock star when I introduce him and bring him into opportunities. Um, Bob Doyle has been a mentor, a role model to me, just someone that I really look up to. Uh, you know, Bob was with the same company for 30 years. You know, Bob's a CPA by trade. And you know, when he was in his mid-20s, he entered a company that was a $50 million company that he became the controller of. And you know, a few years later, he got promoted to the CFO. A few more years later, he got promoted to the CEO. And the company he was with literally went from a $50 million company to well over a billion dollar company wow. in, the, in the time that Bob was there for uh, 29 years and 10 months, I believe it is, right, Bob? <laughs> That's not, not to be too precise, but yeah. Yeah. That's so, incredible. Um, you know, what I love about Bob is him and I work very closely together. Um, you know, we really collaborate to help clients of Connections for Hire, um, just people in general that can benefit from meeting a Bob Doyle. Um, he, he's just a, a great guy. So I'm very, very blessed to have both Kevin and Bob in my life from the personal side and the business side. Take us back to Bob and, and, um, and Kevin. Take us back. Where'd you go to college? Did you always want to be in, were you always numbers guys? Did you have to learn it? What are your influences? Take us back to the beginning. Kevin, if you want to start because. Um, Bob's going to call you out on it anyway. <laughs> exactly. Well, college was like a hundred years ago, Michael, but we won't go there. I went to Adelphi. I went, to, I got both a bachelor's and master's degree in accounting. I have a minor in finance from both of them. I did the CPA route for a couple of years. I went to work for a privately held company for a couple of years. And I said, uh -uh, not for me. Right. wanted to be an entrepreneur. I had dreams of being an entrepreneur when I was in my teens. And I've been doing this for 35 years. That's amazing. So you, you weren't, you weren't growing up saying, I'm going to own my own business, right? Like you weren't growing up saying like, you know, owning my own business is what I want to do. Like you had to find your way there, correct? Well, I knew I wanted to own my own business. I didn't know what actually what really happened. When I was in junior high and high school, my brother and I used to cut lawns. And I had this vision that I could build a business, sell it for a million, build another business, sell it for a million. And obviously that didn't happen, but it was certainly in my soul. that It, did it was not the right idea. Right. It was the right idea. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I would not, I did not do well with somebody saying you need to be here at nine o'clock and go home at 11 because everybody else is here then too. Like, so wait, so now how has COVID-19, I mean, obviously it affected business. I also want to hear from Bob too. Yeah, yeah, I well, want to hear know, from Bob you know, too. We, we got some time, but you know, I want to have a conversation about it. So how has like, what have you seen regarding business valuation? How, how can companies um, maintain their value? throughout the you know this new era that we're in now well that's basically why bob and i are here is how to rebuild from where you've got in terms of business valuations with rare exception values are way down the last couple of months because nobody sure. knows everybody's been hit at to some extent with rare exception of a few clients who are making more money um and the future is like a big question mark when when is everybody going back to work are we staying there what's the economy going to be like in six months a year here, five-year recovery, two—it's all over the place. So, but regardless, Bob and I are here because of you need to build with what you've got and to make it stronger now. Take advantage of this horrible pandemic. There's always a silver lining to every cloud, and the silver lining here is you have an opportunity to look forward and get yourself set to grow even better than you were before. That's right. That's absolutely right. So, Bob. Um, yes. 
your journey? Where did you start? Your journey. Yeah. Did you always so, want to be a CFO of a company? Uh, no, actually, it's, it's kind of interesting. I, I started out in uh, Stony Brook as uh, I wanted to, to be a math major and potentially teach mathematics was my original plan. And after three semesters and getting into levels of calculus that were just kind of crazy, I decided that I really wanted to work with my hands. I dropped out of school and became an auto mechanic. Uh, oh, okay. During that the day, our, that's what our father did. How he started our company. He was a mechanic. Hmm. Oh, great! And and I and I worked actually as I had two jobs. I worked as a janitor at night. And after about, I guess about a year of doing that, I recognized that. Um, you know, and this is sort of a personality flaw, but I felt that people treated me like I was stupid and that really bothered me, you know? So I said, you know what? I, I, I don't like being treated like this. I'm gonna go back to school and, and, and maybe yeah. do something a little different with my life. And I took, I took an accounting class and after a couple of accounting classes, I went to the teacher and I said, when is this gonna get hard? And the teacher said, no, 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 you don't understand. This is hard. You just, you just have a natural talent for it and you find it easy. So I stuck with accounting, you know, like, like Kevin, I went ahead, I worked in public accounting, I became a CPA. And, and what I disliked seriously about that was you were always working way in the past. You know, when you're, when you're doing audits of financial statements, you're, awesome. you're so far behind I and you're not that. adding, all you're doing is you're adding value to people who already have a ton of money, you know? So I, I really wanted to do something and, and, I, and I did have this passion to work with my hands. So ultimately I, I left there and, you know, I had a couple of, I, I worked for Cablevision for a little while in the accounting department. And then I went to this uh, laundry company where I got to work for the entrepreneur, the, the actual owner of the company. It was family run business. And you could go actually go into the warehouse and you could watch them rebuild washers and dryers and, and you could see surface trucks leaving the building. And that really got me excited because the numbers came to life for me. And, and that's, that's really how I, how I, you know, I ended up in, in uh, private, private business. And, and I loved, you know, again, I like work with my hands. So I, I got to, I got to use those both parts of my brain. And then as the company grew, we began to purchase companies and integrate those organizations. And, and what I learned there was I, I became very passionate about what people bring to the business. I mean, I understand the numbers, but what people bring to the business really can make the difference between an okay company and a great company. And so uh, as I went through my career and ultimately as CEO, I really started to focus on culture, you know, employees, rewards and recognition, treating people properly. And, you know, fast forward to today, working with Kevin, you know, when, when we look at when we look at a company and he's right, there's a lot of value in business. What what is value? Right. It could be more cash flow. It could be it could be a better multiple when you sell the business. There's a lot of things it could be. But there are things there's traditional things you can do, you know, make more phone calls, talk to more customers, develop new products, look for cost cuts. But what I like to focus on is what, what, what about those people? Typically, the people are very large portion of, of the pay, of payrolls, very large portion of the cost structure, right? So, I mean, we invest in our copy machines. We invest in our equipment. We do oil changes. What do we do for our employees? So if you put in a, a culture system where you thank people, where you recognize what they do. You're speaking our language, man. Yeah, this is no, amazing. This is amazing. Yeah. Keep going. I don't want to interrupt. You, this is amazing because we're talking the same language right now. Yeah. And, and you know, it, so, so Kevin's talking about how do you add value to the business. And, and ultimately, you're going to sell your business, whether you pass away, whether you give it to your kids, whatever. So, someday your company's going to transition and you want it to have the most value. How's it going to have the most value? Well, if you invest your time in some processes, some procedures, building a great team where people, you know, I, I, I believe in putting people under six lane highways and off their dirt roads. I never, I never took people and said, you really need to develop this part of your personality, this part of your skill set, because you're a little weak there. What I would do is I would say, this is what you're really good at. Let's, let's use that and we'll add somebody else to your team who has that other skill. Right. And these types of simple things can add tremendous value to an organization. And, and, and can give the entrepreneur or the owner more free time or, or more time to focus on growing their business and doing what they want. Yeah, to. we hear creating, you create your company. Like this, this is whole thing. I don't, I'll, I'll let you talk in a second, Eric. Yeah. We believe it. This is book called the science of getting rich. And that's, that's my personal Bible. It was written a hundred years ago. It's by Wallace Waddles. It was the ultimate law of attraction book. And he says, you don't compete 
with other companies you create. You won't mm -hmm. have to compete because you create your culture. You create mm -hmm. the product and the business will come to you. The money will come to you. If you're working for the dollar, it's never going to work out, right? right? But if you do what you love and, and that was, you see, you answered my question. I don't know if you were reading my mind, but like, how do you go from a $50 million company to over a billion dollars in it's sales? With, it's with the people. It's, it's with the people and the culture. The people. It's with the people and the culture. And we were doing, we, we, at our business. Um, give, yeah. Give them yeah, a little bit of a background. You know, a, a little bit of a background is, you know, we, we didn't always have a podcast, obviously. And, um, you know, our father who created BLS about 50 years ago, um, he was a very private guy. So no um, social media, no social media. We didn't have right. any, we didn't have any salespeople. Um, everything was done through word of mouth. He ran an amazing company that was drove executives, VIPs, celebrities, people getting a private jets. Didn't we, speak a word of English when he yeah. came to this country. So, so he, he started as a mechanic yeah. like yourself. He wasn't a numbers guy, but he could understand business. Right. So he, he, people. he built this company and it took, it took it to this level. And unfortunately, which was amazing, uh, which, which was yeah, from was, zero to this number, which was amazing. It wasn't, yeah, right. it wasn't a teacher's salary. It was something so much more massive. And he was satisfied with that. Our dad, right. he didn't and, want, go ahead, Eric. Yeah. Ahead. And, and, and he, he didn't, he didn't want to go past that. And so unfortunately he passed away from COPD February of 2018. Mm. Um, you know, it was, he smoked his whole life and you know, that was that. Uh, so but, you know, the day after he passed away and we buried him and whatnot, our, Michael, my mom and I, who we own the company 100%, we basically looked at each other and we're like, okay, what are we doing? We have one shot. We have, we have, we one, have one shot to we have take one shot our, at this. our transportation company, which is an institution in our industry. Our mom and dad started it 50 years ago. And mm -hmm. Eric and I and our mom have an opportunity now to take it into the stratosphere. And we, what you're looking at now is that is what's happening right now. And yes, we, we it was a huge setback with COVID. And yes, it was a huge setback with the protests and the but riots. But there's also there's also amazing opportunity right now. There's yes. there's 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 amazing opportunity where where companies are letting go of really talented people. And mm -hmm. and and that are and, too bloated. That, that but, they got, those companies got too big, too bloated. They all right. have investor money. They have private equity money. Where BLS is family owned and operated, and and, and, and we are in this process, this trajectory, and, and the competition, the competition is – They're melting down. They're melting. And they're trying one, to shoot one thing us I, on the way up. The, our Go overall ahead. philosophy, and it just goes so in, in tune with what you guys are saying, is um, our, whole, our whole philosophy is treat everybody like your number one client. Doesn't mm -hmm. matter if they're your employee. Doesn't matter if they if you if they're not if they're client number four hundred and fifty seven. It doesn't matter if they're a, a vendor. Doesn't matter who they are. You treat everybody the way you want to be treated. And yes, secondary is don't focus on what you're bad at. Double down on what you're good at. You know, it's interesting you say that. So so when when we started our culture change, um, when I was you know at, at the corporation, we called it creating customers for life and. I defined customers as employees, you know, customers, vendors, suppliers, whomever you do business with each day. If you think of them as your customer, if you focus on delivering a better experience for them, if they can walk away from working with you or dealing with you a little better off than when they started, it's, it's just a great formula. So I, I think I'm right in line with you. Right. And in addition to that, these are the people that are going to be running your company when you're gone. Yes. You have to treat them well. Were you guys involved when your dad was around? Were you working? Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Very I, much went, so. I went how to my, my, so <laughs> how did he train? Um, with, with whips and chains saying, you better, you better <laughs> fucking do this. Now, listen, um, I have, I have a photographic memory and my dad, well, I knew I was coming into the company. I, my dream in life was to be a movie director. Since I was a little boy, I've always wanted to be a movie director. I'm obsessed with film. I love movies. I still do. And it's still a dream of mine. I'm a writer too. I don't know if you could see that, but I've written, I've written about 20 plus books. Um, oh, wow. yeah, yeah. I can get into that in a minute, but, um, for, for speaking of me and my journey, I had a, I have a photographic memory. I remember shit that is not supposed to be remembered. And my dad wanted me to be an attorney because I knew how to argue. I have and had an amazing personality and I have a photographic memory. And he sat me down and he said, do this and you'll be the company lawyer. 
the company attorney, and I, I sat down to take the LSATs, and I failed five times. I couldn't break a 140, a 130 even. I, I don't even remember. I was so I didn't want to do it. I hated the law. I hated it. Was like um, if you ever seen the movie Rounders, um, Mike knew he wanted to play poker, even though he was in law school and is it was the right thing to do to be a lawyer and attorney. But his love and passion and his drive in life was to play poker full time. My love and passion was to be in communicating with people, in sales, in talking to people. This is my happy place, talking to gentlemen like yourselves, learning about you, learning about the journey, um, learning from people. And once my dad found that I couldn't do the logic, I couldn't do the writing compositions, I wasn't interested, he put me, he made me a mechanic. He, Eric too, Eric will tell you his story. He said, you're not walking into this office until you know how to change a spark plug, until you know how to change oil, you're gonna rotate tires, you're gonna do body work. And I worked as a mechanic. I was getting my MBA um, in the evening and I was working during the day as a mechanic at, at, our, at BLS, fixing the cars. And it was the dirtiest, coldest, grimiest job I've ever done in my entire life. But it shaped me for getting into the company, knowing what it takes to operate a vehicle, what it takes to change out shocks in a car. No one can come to me and go, oh, I know how to change out shocks. Well, so do I. Because I, yeah. my father gave me that opportunity to do that. So I'll never forget. It was after a couple, you know, a couple winters where uh, I said, you know, I'm ready. I want to I wanna start cold calling. And I, he said, you're in. I got into the office and the, I picked up the phone. The first company I called was Blue Man Group because I loved the show Blue Man Group. And I cold called this, this company in New York. I said, I'm a big fan. I own a limousine service. Love to get your business. And fast forward 20 years later, they are still a client of ours. That was the first cold call I made. But wow. that was how my, my dad prepped me personally. Eric, I'm sure you have a different story. Um, well, kind of similar in some regard. He didn't want kinda, you to be a lawyer. Yeah, no, we, we knew from the outset that I couldn't do that. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a very similar story that um, I just always knew that we were going to run our family business. And likewise, we know that our kids are going to come into our family business. And we built it into our family's lives and in our culture that our kids are very involved now too. Um, and I know that that's a big point in in valuation like you said you know one day we're we're going to shuffle off our mortal coil and it's it's going to transition because you know we have no interest in selling the business you know we're this is people this approached is, this us is, yeah this is our last job us. yeah and and they they want to steal it because they're going to have all of hollywood and mm -hmm. we don't want to sell what what our parents built as a legacy kevin who were your exactly. biggest who were your biggest influences what books have you read where you said this is it. This is this is what this is. This hits me right here. Or books, or people, or movies, or you right, know, exactly. influences vary. Movies is a tough one because I'm not a huge movier like you are. Um, I would say it's it's more of a philosophies that influence me, and I don't know where they're coming from. But Bob hit it on the, the nail on the head. You treat everybody with respect. You you move everybody to the positive points. You you have to address negative points at some point, of course. But you focus yeah. them on what they can. And you, you do the same thing with your company. You focus on what it does best. Every small business serves a niche. It's a niche that Microsoft, IBM, AT&T don't want to serve because they can't. They're too big. They're too clumsy. You, you're, doing, you're exactly what I'm talking about. You're serving a niche that other companies cannot because you're serving them well. You're serving them quickly, responsive. Whatever they need, you fill that need. And that's how small businesses survive. What I'm curious to hear from you guys, though, was when your father passed away, was there a gap in leadership? Did he make a lot of decisions? Or were you guys making all the decisions at that point? He made, we, we, it was really, it was, it was five pillars. It was our dad, it was our mom, it was our uncle Kevin, who's our mom's brother, he's our CFO, he's also blind. Uh, yeah, Kevin, okay. great name. And it was Eric and me, and it was five pillars. And ultimately my dad had the final say, you know, we're not opening up in Atlanta. And like, we understood, okay, we're not opening Atlanta. Our dad worked until his last breath. No joke. He was in a hospital for 30 days. He was making decisions. You're going to buy more cars for Vegas. You're going to sell more cars over and here. He was, and he was intubated, so he couldn't even talk. So it was us asking mm. him questions, and he would say yes, or he would say no. Dad, we have a person that wants to go out to the Vegas office. They want to transfer. Are you okay with this? They want to uh, get this amount of dollars per year. And he would go like this, until literally until his last breath. 
His last breath came. Uh, Eric, um, Eric grabbed charge of that leadership and said, "We're it. We have well, one know, shot here." Yeah, go ahead. He, he was. There were there were points where he was touching go, and decisions had to be made. Like we had an order for forty expeditions, and um, and it was kind of in limbo, and we had to make a decision. And you know, I knew that whatever decision I made, if he was going to come out of it, my ass was grass. So it was, it was, it was, it was going to be the wrong decision no matter what. So I just made a decision on it and we bought them. But the point is, is that, um, you know, that was really the first decision that I made that, you know, he was touch and go, he was having seizures, you know, he, he, he was, he was a mess. And, um, you know, my His mom, was I, was, I, was, I was talking with my mom and she's like, you know, if, if you know, if there's a, it's a, it'll be a miracle if he comes out of this, but if he does, she's like, you're toast. I'm like, I know mom, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, you know, like as we, 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 it's definitely a democracy and there's not one monarch that's making the decision on, on what has to be done. Look, look, so we've, Eric and I have always wanted to expand and I know this podcast is like turning about the Oaken bros and I want to hear more, Bob, I want to hear about your, um, about your, uh, you know, your influences and, and whatnot, grow, you know, throughout your journey. But, you know, I've always wanted to expand. We were in New York, LA, and Vegas when our dad was alive, and he didn't want to expand anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And when he passed away, we were approached by the studios, um, who are our clients, say, listen, we need tax credits in Atlanta. We do a ton of productions in Georgia. Would BLS be willing to open up there? And it was Eric, me, and my mom, and our mom, and Kevin, too, the CFO. Uh, and he said, you know, we said, listen, this company wants to open in Atlanta. I think there's a huge opportunity for us. And we did it. And, and then just one thing after the other, after the other, after the other. So I digress you know, too much. They yeah. you. No, they approached you because you serve their needs well. Exactly. And that's exactly. what a small business is all about. Yeah. You know, exactly. I think family business is the backbone of America. And I think right. it's, I think it's so underrepresented in the media and, um, you know, I, I think that the family businesses need more support from folks like yourselves on guidance because because we, they can't necessarily always hire the best and the brightest, but definitely, you know, and they don't even know that consultation works. But mm-hmm. having, having, having somebody come in from an outsider's point of view um, with experiences like you guys have is so essential to family businesses and to small businesses across the country um, because it just brings outside perspective, and that's what you need today. That's right. actually one of one of Adam's uh, conversations. You know, we, we've talked about this a few times. How do you create a C-suite that's accessible to small businesses? Because you can't afford, you know, a, a, a chief IT, right? You can't afford a CFO necessarily. There's a lot of positions, but if you have, if if you put together a suite of executives that are on a very part-time basis or on a, on a as-needed basis, you know, we could be positioned to advise uh, family-run businesses. And I think there's a, you know, I think there could be a real need for that. And that's, that's one of Adam's, I'm talking for you, Adam, but that's, that's one of, that's one of the uh, ideas that Adam has. And, and I think it's, I think it's a great idea. Yes. And I think it's, it's all about the marketing to get it out there. It's, it's about, I don't know if you, I don't know where you are, Adam, with creating your podcast. But that's, I think it's so essential to the strategy. I'm waiting um, for my Ocombro sponsorship. Come on. <laughs> We're waiting for COVID to be over. And then, and then Ocombros can. Uh... <laughs> can I just tell you guys, if I, did a, if I did a podcast, it would need to be a revenue generating podcast because I would just never want to stop interviewing all my connections and relationships and doing what you guys do on this. So it might be like, a, you know, it could potentially be like the death of me if I if I had cameras all around me. <laughs> you know what? But but the the but it, it would be revenue generating, not directly. But it's all about building your brand, and I think that's exactly. so essential that you can't you cannot put a price tag on that. Literally, I made a post yesterday about commuter transportation, and we this got is a crazy. We, we I, I, not five minutes after I posted it, we got a message from um, a company out of Dallas. And they wanted us, uh, she says, okay, I have two dozen executives that need to get to the office every day in New York City. Uh, can you please provide rates? 
And that's directly, that was, that was us directly saying, okay, we have, we have to do a podcast today. We have to talk about our commuter options. And then I made a clip and then I posted it. That was directly from the conversations that Michael and I had on the podcast. And that would have never happened if I didn't have 8,000 followers on LinkedIn. And it's, it's, it's so essential. Adam, you have to be really careful. You're looking at it wrong. You have to be real careful about that revenue thing, man. I don't want to preach. I don't want to impose my will, but Eric and I haven't seen one penny out of this and we've been doing it a year, but we've seen millions. If that makes a mm-hmm. lot, of, if that makes any sense to you, one penny, nothing. It hasn't put a penny in my pocket, but it's created us millions. It's, it's in subliminal. Worth. It's subliminal. That's all it is. It's subliminal, yeah. but it's, you're, you're, we're not on here going, we're the best limousine service on planet earth, right? You don't have Bob and Kevin going, we have the best company for, for valuation. It's not like that. You, we don't sell. You're on LinkedIn. You talk about you. I'm doing top 10 lists. Have you seen my top 10 lists? No. Okay. No. I'm doing top 10 lists on LinkedIn. It's creating conversation and I'm getting people saying, oh, I'm a kind of need of a car service. <laughs> it has nothing to do with – it has nothing to do – I just did the top 10 wrestlers of all time yesterday. Uh, no. Today I posted top 10 um, um, football players of all time. My opinion. Some people take offense. Some people add comments. Some, I don't care. But it's still creating content. <laughs> uh, but I'm not – it's not putting a penny in my pocket. It's just making me millions. It, it, if you could understand that. That makes perfect sense, yeah. We're, we're on the do it page. for the dollar. You, I'm, Joe Rogan did it. He made $100 million on Spotify, but it took him, what, 10, 15 years to do it? Gary V, you, Eric, you, what does Gary V say? It's, 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 it's all about the brand. It's, 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 I, can't, I can't state that enough. And the, the more you post and the more you talk about things, you become an expert in your field. And, um, mm-hmm. and, and that's, that's exactly what you want. Like you guys should – Kevin and Bob should have the business yeah, valuation and podcast. And you guys, you guys should, should have interview a valuation st- podcast. And, and talk to small businesses – and, and then you make small clips and you post them on LinkedIn and you post them on your website and, and you post them everywhere in, in a year, the amount of business that will be coming your way and recognition is off the charts. It doesn't happen in, it doesn't happen in a month. It doesn't happen in a week. It, it doesn't happen with anything like that. But if you do it for a year and then you do it for two years and you do it for three years, the value that it brings long-term is incalculable. The, the value that it brings, it, the value that it brings to, to finding talent the value that it brings to finding vendors, the, t- the talent that it brings to finding clients, you cannot put a price tag on it. And like Bob said, it's all about the people. And I, I, oh, I, want, I want to mention this, you know, we're such a people-driven society and I think it's so easy to lose sight of that. And I think that, you know, you have Google pushing automation and AI and all these types of things when, you know what, why doesn't Google, Google has, 120,000 employees. Why don't they have 10,000 employees and why don't they automate their whole fucking operation? It's baloney business. It's, it's complete hogwash. We are such a people-driven world. Amazon has done nothing but hire people, but they're going to automate self-driving cars. It makes, it makes no sense that those things are actually possible. And um, I, I Eric, just think- Eric, we, Eric this, is, this is Oak and Bros, but I want to showcase- Oh, Bob and Kevin on this, and Adam yeah. as well. Yes, sorry. Bob, influences, start to finish. Yeah, I, I've had an opportunity to think about this a little bit, and you know, oh, as yeah. as I think about my career, the, um, the 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 person who really had a huge impact on me was that owner of the company that you know when I joined CoinMac in 1986, Jan Sussman was the was the owner and and you know chief everything there, and he was he was just a brilliant. Um, he, he was brilliant at running operations. He was brilliant at creating systems. But the one thing, and I learned that from him, the one thing he did, though, that, that uh, I think made the biggest change was he went out and he became Zig Ziglar certified. Do, do you remember oh anybody who Zig Ziglar is? The best. Right? So Zig, Zig, Ziglar Zig, Ziglar. Wrote, Zig Ziglar wrote the book, See You at the Top. And there was a seminar called See You at the Top. And, and Jan was, a, was, a, you know, was, was certified to present the, the seminar. And it, it touched me so much, you know, and uh, just this whole simple concept of we used to walk around with these little pads that said, um, I caught blank doing something right. You know, and if you if you saw somebody doing something that that impressed you, you'd hand them the, you'd hand them the little form. 
And, and awesome. that, that actually became the essence of, you know, ultimately, you know, fast forward several, many, many years later, when we put a recognition reward program in, you know, what was happening was we had all the employees watching each other and writing stories and putting them on this website. And uh, you had a system and we could track how many, how many stories you got written about you and, and you earned points and you got gift cards. And, and the whole concept was if I see somebody, you know, if, if somebody in our Dallas branch goes out and spends 45 minutes digging through, we, 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 one of the business we were in was, you know, the air and vacuum business that you see all around. Yes. So we were in that business as well. So, so we had a story one time where this, this, this young woman was vacuuming her car and she vacuumed up her engagement ring. So oh, one boy. of our guys went back to the location, opened up the vacuum, you know, on his own time and, and found her engagement ring and, and gave it back. We talked about this, you know, and, and why do you tell stories? Well, it makes people feel good. It makes them. But what it also does is it's a training opportunity. It teaches everybody else in the company what you value as an organization. You know, if somebody if somebody reaches, if, some, if somebody does, somebody helps a, um, one of our, our senior citizens carry their laundry back to their room. Uh, is this something we want them doing? Absolutely. But is it in the yeah. handbook? No. Is it is it on their is it on their computer? Is it something they can put a code on and say I did this function? No. But it's but by communicating those stories, by talking about it every day and putting it in front of people, you let the whole organization know what you care about, what's important to you, what makes your culture, what makes what's important to us as an organization. So so that all started, it all came from this one Zig Ziglar. Uh, this one Zig Ziglar thing. And then the Zig Ziglar thing, it, they talk a lot about, you know, making people feel good. And, and, and are you going to be happier when you feel good? Are you going to do a better job when you're happy? And, and I'm a big believer in that. And that's, that's really, that, I Amazing. think that, that was a, I think that was a huge influencer on me. I know it's so it was. simple. It's so simple. Yeah. Be, you can know. you, can you reverse a toxic workplace? You can. What's the problem? The problem with the toxic workplace is it depends on where it came from, right? The 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 people at the top make all the difference. The so things from if, the head. Yeah. Yeah. If you've got an owner or a CEO or whatever that says, yeah, yeah, I want my people happier, go go make that happen. That's almost impossible, you know. But if that owner or leader embraces it and you know puts it out there constantly. I mean, when I was CEO, I used to, I put out weekly newsletters mm -hmm. and in my newsletters, I would celebrate a couple of successes. We won this contract, you know, we bought, we bought, you know, we bought all these cars in this branch, tell people, Hey, things are happening. We're doing positive. But at the same time, I would say, I just got a puppy named Molly and Molly ate my glasses, you know, and, and I would tell these stories constantly and it made the company so human and, you know, long story, it ended up being a pretty funny thing. I talked about Molly for several weeks. Ultimately, we had a, an internal intranet and we had to create a page so people could post their dog pictures. And and it was the most visited visited page on our intranet. So so <laughs> what are you doing there? You're 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 making it, you know, you're making it more family oriented, you're making it a closer environment, and people start to feel like they know each other, even though they're all over the country. Amazing. It's, you know, we, we, you know, we, we did the same thing. The, the most successful thing we did was a Halloween costume contest. Great that, stuff. That create that created such camaraderie. <laughs> ugly sweater. The ugly, ugly sweater. Ugly, ugliest sweater for Christmas. Uh, we did ugly sweater for Christmas. That created such camaraderie mm -hmm. um, across everybody, and it was fun, and and everybody had a great time. But yeah, no, I, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. And there's it's no coincidence that you led a successful company because you it's it, it's virtually impossible not to by doing the things that you did. Yeah. No, they'll go the extra mile. If, some, if something happens, they'll 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 go the extra mile. In that Kevin, you want to say something? Yeah, it was interesting you say that because I don't remember the name of the company. I think it was IBM had years ago started to have let people work from home. And right before this happened, they were bringing people back in because people missed the family and the socialization of being at yeah. work. That's so really interesting. interesting. Yeah. Very, we, we've been having really. town halls with, our, with all of our employees and stuff like that. And we asked them, you know, do you guys want to come to work or do you want to stay home? Because me personally, oh. I, I like staying. I, I work I work from home very successfully. I like it. Um, everybody I feel very else, productive at home. Yeah, I feel uh, very going I to feel, work is a distraction for for Eric and me. Right, the way the way that the, the, for the stuff that we have to do, but um, the employees they all want to go back to work. 
majority of them they said they said you know be like you know you can work from home if you want to be like no 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 we we definitely want to go back to the office and we're like oh <laughs> we 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 did not expect that wasn't at all. expecting that at all very very interesting kevin yeah i'm not yeah. surprised where yeah. are you well, now kevin i'm where? not surprised either i'm at the office i'm in the office but there's one other person here so maybe we're socially distanced automatically because we all have offices where's your office but, located uh, in melville very nice 110 Yes. Awesome. That's great. And Bob, where are you located? I'm I'm in Holtzville in my in my home office right now. Gotcha. Yeah, I actually don't I don't have a I don't have an, an office. Adam Adam is willing to loan me his place if I ever need to have a meeting there or something. But uh, no, it's it's since I've retired I, I haven't had an office. That's cool. And Adam, you're, you're retired. Retired. <laughs> yeah. So I have a question. I have a question for you three. How do you deal with toxic competition? You always have to take the high road. I mean, it's just no different than dealing with your family, right? You take That's brilliant, the Kevin. That's absolutely brilliant. You made the point in the beginning, you can't badmouth. You wouldn't badmouth anybody anyway, because it's, first of all, it's going to bite you in the ass in the long run. And second of all, it doesn't, it, it does, makes you them. Why would you want to do that? If you're badmouthing somebody, you should be badmouthed in return. No, take the high road. Bob, you, I was like, I don't think anyone could have said that any better. Right? No, I, I, I've, I've, I got nothing on that one. <laughs> I agree. If I, had a, if I had a microphone, so, I would drop it for Kevin. Yes. So, you know, take it. <laughs> uh, so, here's the deal. So, I don't want to bring politics to this. I'm not asking who you vote for. I'm not asking your party affiliation. Hillary Clinton took the high road, but Donald Trump Did won. She? Did she? That's a question, Michael. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's she, good. She, she appeared to. She said she exactly. took the high road. Well, I think using politicians as an example is a very bad idea. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. A, they have a high road with lots of air quotes around it. Let's fair use enough. like Carvel and Baskin Robbins. Those are good high roads to take. Right. Well, we're, we're saying this is because we have some competitors who are so toxic against BLS. Like they are, their goal and life's mission is to take us down, take our business and take our employees because we are the golden standard of of the travel and of the ground transportation industry, Adam. There's someone, I'm not going to say their name, but there's someone, when I first launched Connections for Hire, there's someone that does something, not, not what I do, but similar enough. And I wanted to meet him because I knew that his business could benefit my customers. I wanted to be able to recommend and refer my customers to this gentleman because I, I saw value in what he did. I approached him at an event. I said to him, I said, hey, you know, we don't really know each other, but, you know, I, I know of you and I, I'd really love to get to know you. Could, do you have a couple of minutes just so we can get to know each other at this event? He said, sure. Pulls me aside and I said, hey, listen, I say, my name is, and he goes, I know who you are. I don't like you. I don't want to talk to you. And I never want to, I, I, I never want to even hear your name again. I, I was like, I was frazzled. I'm like, what, what just happened? Later on, um, a couple of weeks later, one of my friends said, hey, Adam, you know, I was at, in a meeting with this guy and, and, I, and I brought your name up saying that, you know, you would be the perfect person. And he said, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't want to hear that name again. So when I heard this, that gave me so much motivation to do some of the entrepreneur opportunities I have coming up in the pipeline. I cannot wait until I launch them because he's going to get a personalized, sincere thank you letter, some type of swag. And I'm going to, I'm probably going to send him some type of a video or something saying, you know, thank you so much for the motivation. You've been the biggest influence in my life. You know, I thought it was me and my mom or my dad, but it was you. Thank you. <laughs> I, when I can send that video and I'm hoping that's within, within the next three months, I am so excited. And you know, so to answer your question about toxic competition, bring it on because it's going to motivate me to kick your ass. And I, and I want to be friends with you because I, I want you to learn from me when I when I surpass you. No, it's it's an interesting question. Um, I Great. always I, I never understood toxic competition myself. It's it's to me to me when you're in an industry, it's your job, our job in the same and, and your job with your competitors to make your industry better. Yep. I think I think you work together to improve your industry. You compete on on whatever you compete on on your quality, the way you deliver your service, who your people are. You get you compete you know, appropriately, 
But to have this negative attitude towards each other, it's not good for your industry, right? It, it's you want to keep your industry uh, moving forward. It's good for everybody. That's always how I look. This at is it. gold, Eric. No, I mean, no, compete. This is gold. This I mean, is unbelievable. I, you know, it's a, it's an, I'm going to use that compete without negativity, that you can still want to win, but you don't have to be, yeah. you don't have to be a terrible person at the same time. Right. Exactly. You don't have to win by beating them with a club. Because that's not right. going to work. It's going to come back to haunt you in the long run. Michael, your point before about them trying to pull employees, has that happened? You broke up. Say that one more time. I'm sorry. You, you made a point before that the competitors are trying to pull some of your employees. Did that actually for, happen? For years. Yeah, and, the ones that, and, and for the ones that left, we wish them their, the best of luck. Um, but to wake up every day and go to sleep every night and target you and your family and your business and make it their life's mission to take you down. Um, Eric and I and mom, Phyllis, we're, we're, we're taking the high road. We're going big with this thing. And the only ones who's going to stop BLS from the trajectory we're on is ourselves. Yeah. No mm -hmm. one, we, we have this competitor who's saying no dividers in the vehicles in COVID era. No, there should really? be no dividers. And, and they're telling all of our clients it's unsafe have dividers quote unquote okay quote unquote it's unsafe to have dividers so we say to the to the client if our car pulls up with a divider and the competition's car pulls up with no divider in the age of covid whose car are you getting into he goes oh i would only choose a divider i said so he answered your own question <laughs> so <laughs> it, but it's the truth so if their clients don't want dividers good on them no one's stopping them, but no one's going to stop our clients from requesting dividers and vehicles with dividers. So there's this definite, like they have this twisted fantasy about our company, this psychosis that like mm. we're, we're going to win and we're going to, and, and, and we're not competing with them. All we're doing is creating that's Wallace Waddles 101. We're creating this super company this super ground transportation company. Because like I said, we all have the same cars and drivers, right? Anyone that's going to come in and go, we have the best Mercedes. We don't buy our Mercedes from a magical place. We don't, buy our, we don't buy our Escalades from this beautiful planet of pristine Escalades. It's the same freaking Escalades as the competition has. The same thing with the chauffeurs. You know, a lot that we're all working with a group of drivers. And a lot of them are second and third time career men. And we want these guys to be with us forever. We, we, we believe in our drivers. They're the first line of defense. And the only thing that's separating us now, we got, an, we got a podcast. Eric is posting like with reckless abandon on LinkedIn without selling anything, without saying, we're the best. We're both posting on LinkedIn. And, and it's, it's proving. The sales are proving. Obviously not now because of COVID. We're down a lot. Yeah, but, but the, we feel the, the brand coming the, out of this. The brand building opportunity that COVID gave was was off the charts. This opportunity yeah. that we have here as a company. It, it's a once it's in a lifetime. Once in a yeah. hundred years. Once in a hundred years to do what Eric and I are doing right now for our company BLS. And we're excited about it. I have an interesting story that, that go ahead, Kevin. Go Let's I want to hear Bob's story, then we'll jump over to you, Kevin. Okay. Okay. So I have an interesting story that, that brings that brings this idea that you talked about, you know, is there a return on some of the stuff you do, posting, things like that. So I used to go to the trade association meeting twice a year, and I did it for 15 years. And all we did was was we'd meet with, with other people in the industry, our competitors. And and my organization was the largest in the industry, and we were buying other companies. That's how we grew. We grew through acquisition. So this, the, everybody in this room is ultimately my target acquisition. So, so I, would go, I went to these meetings for many years, never talked about acquisitions, was always friendly to everybody, always shared my operating procedures and processes, very open with, with, with all the people. We had one of those ugly competitors join the organization. And, and we had this, this open meeting with the competitors sitting there. And, um, and the people that had been in the organization for some time said, we don't want you at this meeting. We don't want, we don't like the way you compete. And we know the only reason you joined this organization is because you want to grow, grow through uh, acquisition and you want to compete with Bob. And I just want to let you know that when my company is up for sale, I'm making one phone call, that phone calls to Bob. And you know why? Because Bob's treated me right. And Bob's never once asked me 
when do you want to sell your company? And because of that, I'm going to sell to him. And there was everybody in the room said, yeah, that's right. Me too. Me too. Me too. It's, it's exactly what you just said. And that's, that's how we cobbled together this billion dollar company. But, but, so but what we invested do, all those I, years of time just being nice to people. I just need a little bit of context here. What exactly was the company? So the name of the company is, today is called CSC ServiceWorks. And, but the, main, the, the original organization was called CoinMac. And what we did was we did laundry service in apartment buildings, college dormitories, and things like that. So, so basically, if you, had a, if you owned a multifamily property, it had a basement laundry room or a laundry room off to the side, we would go in, negotiate a seven-year contract with you. We would install, you know, seven to, to 100 pieces of equipment, depending on the size of the location. We would sign a seven-year contract. We would service that equipment, collect that equipment, and pay you a commission to allow us to be there. The business was that simple. And then we expanded into the air business um, at the same, you know, later on, which was very, very similar. You know, you put an air machine at a gas station and you service and collect it. Identical business. It's amazing. Kevin, yeah. you what what did you want to say before? I'm sorry, I want to keep it no, uh, I just, more, in order. What you had said before about what you had been doing and building your brand that way, you also missed one thing, I think, is that you were serving your customers and your employees by putting in the dividers. Yes. You were not thinking of the bottom line. You were thinking of them first. Oh, yeah. And How could we, in good conscience, go send out a 53-year-old driver with three kids without every single protocol and safety net in place? What kind of How people would we be? That? Exactly. It was the bullhead lady who's 75 years old and is afraid to go out to her door anyway, and she's going to get into an unknown car. Who knows who's been there before? Of course not. Of course not. Exactly. Yeah, and, and it was never about them. It, them. It's always about them. Right. Them being your customers, your employees, your vendors, whoever them it might was be. About, it was, yeah. Me, but last. The, the virus moves forward, right? Someone sneezes forward. Someone coughs forward. So who's in line to get that virus is our chauffeurs. So mm -hmm. maybe maybe the divider's only going to stop 5% of, of the virus moving forward. But you know, it's 5% less that we have to worry about that our drivers are going to get sick on the job. We don't want anyone to get sick. Right. It's not the dividers themselves. It's how you think is what I'm pointing out. Yeah, them, right. not me. Because them, when you build them, me happens. Has I care about you is That's brilliant. what you've said. Right, right Kevin? I care about you. Yeah. And I don't care what kind of business it is. That's if, how it works. If you care, you win 110%. Yeah. And, and this guy, this, this toxic competition made a video about us. I mean, that's how much we got in his head. This is how much sleep he's losing about little old BLS about because he said they're not safe, the dividers. And the CDC recommends there should be dividers in the cars. And so does the TLC. But this one guy who doesn't want to invest a penny in it says they're unsafe. So his clients should not get dividers. Our clients should. Our clients' employees should. He shouldn't put any dividers in his cars. But that's been this toxic company who we feel so bad for. Right? We've had, we've had competitors for 50 years. People trying to take this account and people trying to take that account. And we've gotten accounts from competition, not directed, but it's happened. We went, we went to RFP. We gave the best rates. We gave the best technology and we won. But we were never toxic about it. And like what you said so brilliantly, Bob, it wasn't negative. It was either Bob or Kevin. Nothing negative. We competed. Mm -hmm. yeah. We created and we won. Right. This toxicity that, that, is in this, that is in any industry, I'm, I'm a big believer in karma. I, I wrote the book on karma, and um, you know, I don't want to be in the same state when the karma stick comes back on these people. I, I, yeah. feel, I feel bad for them because everything is so nice. Life is so good, and life is so short to be so toxic and, and, and vile. You know. But anyway, um, I mean, do you guys have anything to plot? Have you guys written a book? No. Why not? not? Like you guys are the, the you're the authority on valuations. Even if well, it's Bob, a fifteen page book, right, Eric and Mike? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Do an ebook with, with you guys the the knowledge that you impart on people, it, it has to be said. It has to be said. You have to self publish it, make a website, brand it. You're telling us to brand. I don't see you guys doing it. You gotta do Maury's wig shop. I'm sorry. You got to do a. You got to do a franchise. 
<laughs> you got to do Maury's wig shot from Goodfellas. You got to find if you could like rebrand that, call Warner Brothers, see if you could license out the name and be like, I'm Maury, jump in a pool and then come back out like all dry and everything. I have a, I have a question for uh, both Kevin and Bob. So, you know, talking about adding value to your business while you're preparing for that next phase, what does that look like, Kevin, in the clients and the professionals that you're working with? How are you, what are you seeing? What are you intaking when you're doing evaluation? I know, I know the numbers don't lie. And that's one of the things I love about you is that you, you're strictly by the numbers. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to know anything else. I want to see your numbers. And if I'm wrong. Bye. That's not quite true. The numbers don't lie, but the numbers are not dictators either. The numbers are guides. And what you were talking about way earlier, getting your financial statements for 2019 and August of 2020, don't even bother. You need numbers today. And numbers aren't just income statement balance sheet. They're how my marketing campaign is working, what's going on in the factory or the warehouse, all the other things you could put measures against. And you need to get that information to you quickly. So you can react and react doesn't mean fixing the bad it means enhancing the good. It's both. You want to replicate success and fix things before they become disasters. It is not, it's not formulaic. It's based on you know, skill, obviously, to what kind of questions you need to ask. There are some things that apply across industries. There are some things that are specific to industries. There's some things that are specific to situations. And you guys are great examples of a second generation business because 75% of them never survive. Third generation, even worse. But the reason is because mom and dad don't prepare the second generation 100%. to take over. 100%. And the reason is that is there's got to be processes in place. And I don't mean robotic, but guidelines. How do you do this? How do you face a situation? How do you price? How do you react to this kind of... And it's not going to be universal, but you're creating a culture of thought, a way of thinking, and you're empowering your team. Mom and dad need to remember... I'm dis I need to be dispensable or the business dies with me. And that's what happens 75% of the time. And I see it often when I'm doing that's estate brilliant. work. That's brilliant. I'm going in, seeing the sons and daughters who've been there for 10 or 15 years, and each knows the little aspect of the business, but usually it's dad, with my generation, didn't tell them the final piece, or he held all the relationships, or he knew how to do this, and nobody else did. And he goes and flushed down the toilet goes the business. You know, really shame. We, you know, before COVID hit, we were we were traveling about once a month, if not once every three weeks, and we were in a different city. And basically, my mom, who's sixty five year old woman, was schlepping us across the country. And because every she, you know, she yeah. she taught us every, her and my father taught us everything that we know. And my mother taught us how to how to sell. And it and it's about being yourself. And it's a and it's it's about doing those types of things. And, you know, we were talking and, you know, she's like, I'm just doing this for when I'm, I'm schlepping you along. So when I'm, she's like, I'm, I'm a 65 year old person. She's like, I don't need to be doing this anymore. She's like, I don't need to be on a plane once every three weeks. She's like, I could retire, but she's like, you boys are my legacy. And, mm -hmm. and I bring that over to my kids. My number one job at BLS is to make sure that my kids and my niece and nephew are are um, are in place, and they know what they're doing. That's it. And that's going to take happens, that's going to take a lifetime to do. What happens when you don't is you've got my son Joe, who's been working here for 15 years, making $250,000 a year, doing something nobody else in the world does. So at the age of 40 or 35, and I pass away, he's unemployable, and that's on you. That's, that's a hard pillow to swallow. And it's so easy to fix. 100%. To prevent. And, fix it, obviously. <laughs> and I'd like to, to add prevent. something. I'd like to add something, Kevin, to what you're saying. You know, so, so what Kevin's saying, uh, obviously, is, is all these things are important to, to, so the business can survive on from the, from the original management person or team. But all of these things that you do to make the business live on, they're also, they also add value. They also add cash flow. So the question we ask ourselves is why do people wait until they're planning for an exit to start to write their processes, write their procedures, build the team? Why wait so long? If you do it today, you can run the business so much better. You make more money. You either have more time to focus or you have more free time. 
So what's the downside? You got to have to do it eventually anyway, right? right. So why not get the benefits for it today? Yeah. Right. And you're gonna make right, and the cash flow starts immediately. And a lot of these things that Bob and I suggest they put into place is they have the mechanisms there already. The data is there already. The training of the people is a different story, but I'm, what I'm talking about, the data is there already. They just need yeah. to understand how to use it. It's amazing. Here's an easy example. You get an accounts receivable agent, you know, a customer that owes you a lot of money for 120 days. You need to know why. It's your job to know why. Can't they pay you? Then you shouldn't sell them. Did you mess up? You need to fix it. There's reasons behind what the numbers are telling you. You guys, seriously, we're going to be wrapping it up here right now. You guys, you should be writing a book, either together or separately. Or a podcast. Or I'm a podcast. You, you, you guys, you need, you need a platform. If, words, if it's, uh, words if of want, wisdom. If you want to grow, if you if you want to grow this side of the business, if you are not online, you don't exist. Good point. Case closed. Case closed. Case closed. Bolts are in connections for hire. Yes. Exactly. Well, you Adam spearheaded it. You guys are a perfect initial podcast because your your parents did it right. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Means a, like that means a lot to us. Thank you. I and, like the, uh, great conversation. I just want to add, I just want to show for the record, is this not uncanny? <laughs> oh my gosh. Is, is this, I mean, this is ridiculous. I'm telling you, I don't see it. <laughs> the actor, I don't know the actor. I got, I got to color this, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I, you got on, I'm like, oh my God, it's fucking like movie, it's so I, I, you know, I know this isn't, isn't my podcast, but I, I have uh, three things I want to say. Please. The first thing, Eric and Mike, I have a challenge for you. I don't a do The podcast that I did with you guys where Too Much Wasabi, one of my favorite things I've ever heard. I love that you guys called it that. I challenge you guys for this podcast to get more than 1,000 views. Because that, that podcast that I did, I think, has some of the highest views that you guys did. Hmm. And I'm nowhere near a celebrity or the most important person that you guys ever You are to us, though. You well, are listen, I'll tell, I'll tell you this, Adam. The way it works, I could care less about the YouTube views. That doesn't matter to me. What matters is the LinkedIn views. And the reach on LinkedIn, are, is, they are getting the 1,000 views. So Good. if you, if you want to challenge us, I would love, to, I would love for the, the total Eric, don't clip. say it. Don't say it. Adam will bet you 10 grand, okay, <laughs> that this is going to go really well on LinkedIn, all right? Deal? <laughs> Done. Deal. You got yourself a deal. Then make sure, make sure you're connected with Bob and Kevin on LinkedIn so we can check them. Um, the second thing. We're going to hook up right now, yes. The, the second thing I have is it's a thank you to Eric and Mike because you guys – do such a great job opening up the world and the perspective to people's eyes. And like, I, I share your podcast. I comment. I, I love what you, you guys do. So thank, thank you. you for not just opening up my eyes, but you know, just for the people that do this. Thank you. And the third thing is, so Kevin's a client of mine and my goal at connections for hire is to connect Kevin to opportunities for business valuations. So my ask is you guys know companies and you guys know people that can benefit from a conversation with Kevin Jennings. Whether, whether they move forward or not, he has a lot of knowledge and education that could really benefit. And we got to get JBV to the next level because Kevin's got to take, Kevin's going to take over. He's going to do it. And uh, Bob is just, I, I just love Bob. Bob, just keep being my friend. <laughs> keep hanging out with me. <laughs> you're, Bob and Kevin, your word, Adam, thank you for that. And, and I got to tell you, as you, you're a super fan, but you're a friend and um, you're, you have a platform with us anytime if we could help in any way same thing with you bob and kevin our job our job is to help our job is to create our job is to lift people up that the way our father lifted my brother and up he gave Arise. us a springboard a platform to say go bigger go a, higher a rising tide uh you know lifts all boats lifts all boats and and, and, and we firmly believe in that yes and you're, you know you're building your own karma right th yep. that exactly right Exactly right. And we appreciate you guys on. Do you guys have any LinkedIn's? Do you, like Websites. Where people find you? You know, sit, tell our audience where everyone can find go you. Go, Kevin, you go first. I'm on LinkedIn as both Jennings Business Valuation and my own name, Kevin Jennings. But the website is J as in Jennings, B as in business, V as in Victor, AL.com. So it's JBVal.com. Awesome. Great. And Bob? Yeah, I'm M -A -U -R -Y just M-A-U-R-Y apostrophe S. W-I-G, <laughs> Maury'sWigShop.com. No, for, fortunately, I'm, I'm out there just as, as uh, Robert M. Doyle, um, and uh, there's links out there to my website, so 
Amazing. It's, it's all pretty much there. What Great What book. is the name of that author, by the way? I want to write this down before we go. Oh, my Wallace, God. Okay. Wallace Waddles. Wallace yeah. Waddles, The Science of Getting Rich. Okay. Huh? Adam, I don't see a pen and paper. Have you read this? I already, I already wrote it down. You're so full of shit. So, so, okay. All right. So maybe you're not. Okay. Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Waddles and The Power of Your Subconscious Mind by Joseph Murphy will change your life. It will change your business. It'll change your health. It'll change everything. The science of getting rich is so simple. And it's a hundred and pay, and, 100, and you, you, pages. you guys have been practicing already. So yeah. it's, 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 it's going to just be confirmation of everything that you've done in your life that, that why you, who, who you are, the way you are and where you are now is, is because of that. And the, the power of the, the science of getting rich is once you recognize it, you can just go into hyperdrive. Right. And the same thing hmm. with the power, yeah, the power of your subconscious mind. Um, and I also wrote a book. Yeah, I would send it to you guys if you want. And it was the culmination of the science of getting rich and the power of your subconscious mind. It's called Just Ask the Universe by Michael Samuels. And it's, it's a semi-autobiographical, but it shows how the law of attraction worked for me, my family, and my business. And it, I get, it's still after, um, it's going to be almost 10 years, it's nine years now, I, I self-published that book, and it's still in the top 100 most read books on Amazon and spiritual. I've sold wow. hundreds of thousands of copies. I get emails from people all over the world saying, I got them the job they wanted. I got them the wife they wanted. I got them the boyfriend they wanted. I got them the house they wanted. And it's so easy. It's so easy. You guys are you like to the choir, though. You're you you're know. you're like ninety percent there. Just take that last ten percent of the, of your subconscious mind, and like you will see miracles happen in your life, guaranteed. Guaranteed. I will. I will. I will download that book and read it. Amazing. Yes. Amazing, Impressive. guys. Thank you guys for coming on. Thank you. Uh, like, subscribe, leave comments down below, share, and like this video with your friends, your coworkers, your family. And thank you, Bob, Adam, and Mr. Kevin Jennings. You guys were rock stars. Thank you guys for coming on. Thank you, guys. Hang out one second. Talk to you guys soon. Hold on one second, guys.